Nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and Cake today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Rex Ryan's interviewed for the Broncos defensive coordinator job. Then we're supposed to talk with Vance Joseph. Yes, that Vance Joseph, former Broncos head coach. Chris Richard, former Seattle defensive coordinator. Also been in New Orleans as well. He's talked with the Broncos. Who would you like to see be the Broncos' next defensive coordinator? Also, the XFL starts tomorrow. Are you going to watch any of the XFL? Sunday, maybe you're going to be tuning in to the Daytona 500 instead. Might be doing that. Ooh. So, uh, text or call us 970-242-1340. On this Apache Friday, we celebrate the start of the weekend, the doorstep of the weekend here on a Friday. And so, uh, Jerry Schimmel from the Rockies Radio Network coming up in just a little bit. But uh, right now, we're going to talk a little uh, Central Warriors wrestling. The state tournament started. Talking Central Warrior sports on the Jim Davis Show. State tournament started yesterday. It's okay. Jumped the gun there. And joining us right now, Clint Trujillo, Central Warriors coach. And Coach Trujillo brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Joining us right now, Clint Trujillo. Clint, good morning. I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on very impromptu this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Good start for your team yesterday. Uh, you got six wrestlers into the next round with Elijah Hernandez, J.P. Espinosa, William Dean, Dagan Harris, Devin Hickey, and uh, Tyler Zeke. Uh, kind of take us through the, the first day if your guys were able to advance on to the next round. Yeah, um, we got there. Uh, most of our wrestlers have been there before, so... Um, this year we weren't so bright-eyed as far as, you know, walking in there in the big stadium with all the fans and everything like that. I think, we, you know, most of them ex- knew what to expect. So um, weren't really, like, too, I mean, as nervous probably as maybe last year and stuff. So I think they all came out with a, a mission and had a plan and uh, executed, and they did a pretty good job. Let's talk about of the guys that you advanced to the second round who yeah. i mean everybody's good at this level right i mean you get to this juncture second round everybody's really good but but uh kind of take us through some of the matchups first starting for elijah hernandez about who he faces today and kind of the the challenge in front of him to to, to get his way to saturday night and maybe wrestling for a state championship yeah um eli's and we got i mean all of them they all have a pretty uh tough road in front of them uh the we have a Pomona kid. Uh, we actually saw him in the region, and he beat us. I think it was uh, ten to or seven to one or something like. That. I think it was seven to one um, in our region last week, and that's who we got in the next round. Um, so we have a little bit of a a challenge right there. He's he's been wrestling well, you know, up to this point, and um, knowing what the that was the first time we got a chance to see the Pomona kid. So knowing what to expect um, we're talking with him a little bit of strategy so hopefully we can get past him what was the challenge last time for uh eli when he faced the pomona wrestler uh their kid is just he's just a really aggressive kid that loves to cradle and he's cradling he actually put us in a couple cradles and we were just pretty much hand fighting that whole time and um he caught us a few times put us on our back and we gave up you know, some points I felt like probably shouldn't have. I mean, but the kid's solid. He's just a really solid kid. So we're just working on um, how we can counter, like, his top offense. 
So, yep, that's what we're working on. And then you've got uh, your Warrior Classic champion, J.P. Espinosa, at 113. What does it look like for him, uh, Clint, in the second round? Um, we actually have a Ponderosa kid who I think Ponderosa kid is he's probably ranked one or two. Um, and so he's, he's pretty tough as well. Unfortunately, we haven't had a chance to see him this year yet, so I'm not quite sure exactly what he does, but he's a, I know other schools, I've been chatting with them and they're just saying he's, you know, pretty scrappy, lanky kid. So we're going to be worried or not worried, but just working on the stuff we know that we do best and stay aggressive. So. Again, um, all, all, all of our matches were kind of uphill battles a little bit, but that's why we do it. That's why we wrestle. It's a state tournament. That's what you come to expect when you go over and wrestle to Ball Arena Central coach uh, Clint Trujillo with us today on the Team Sports Network. We move on to uh, William Dean at 126. Uh, what does his matchup look like today, Clint? Um, yes, we actually wrestle Pomona again. <laughs> it's going to be it's a little theme, you know. Yeah, what a shock, Pomona right? Again. And uh, we haven't had a chance to see him um, when we – they're in our region, and they're, they ended up uh, forfeiting to us in the uh, finals, so we didn't get a chance actually to wrestle him. Their kid is ranked uh, second in the state. And so I think uh, us, well, what we were watching, you know, here in the state tournament and how he is wrestling in the region, um, I think we got a great chance of uh, upsetting him for sure. So – it's going to be a good match. And then uh, Dagan Harris, 150. Uh, what does it look like for him today? Uh, let's see here. Dagan, oh, we actually, not Pomona kids, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> Once again, the, the beat <laughs> goes wrestled, on, right? It's another Pomona wrestler. Right, right. We're actually wrestling um, Seth uh, DeGuero from Adam City. Uh, I think he's ranked third in the state. Um, right now, we were, I think, we're like sixth or something like that. So it's going to be a good battle. Um, we were watching him wrestle. He's pretty much kind of got the same style we got. And so it's going to be pretty interesting, like, how it plays out. I mean, I keep telling all these kids, uh, we just want to push our opponents to where, you know, we just want to break them and make the other kid want to quit. So, and I know Dagan's one of our, you know, really mentally strong kids that he just never quits no matter what. He'll be down, up, it doesn't matter. He just goes, goes, goes. So I think it's going to be a, a fun one to watch. So we'll see what happens. And then uh, Devin Hickey at 165. Uh, what does it look like for Devin today? Um, let's see here. So Devin, I think we're wrestling the Chatfield kid again. And we didn't get a chance to wrestle him yet. But... Um, we've actually had, we've seen some stuff on them where they have actually wrestled Fruta and, um, Trent actually got him, beat him and we wrestled, I mean, a couple other things we were watching and I think we have a really good chance of getting him and it just, as long as we just stay aggressive and doing what we do, Devin should have a really good chance of making it in the semis. Clint Rayo, Central Warriors wrestling coach with us. Wrap it up with the guys that uh, won yesterday with Tyler Zeke at 190 and, and his matchup today, Clint. Um, we wrestled a kid uh, from Grandview, uh, Max Maxwell. He's a pretty tough kid. I think his record's like, I don't know, 33-5 and five or something like that. Um, I know he's ranked 
Uh, I believe it's second in the state right now. So, again, right there, we're, you know, probably a little bit of an underdog, but that's why we wrestle. And, you know, you can never count Tyler out. Like, he loves to tie up and throw and constantly goes forward. So, I mean, I hope that they're overlooking us in a lot of these spots. But we'll see what happens. And then, uh, as, as far as guys that lost yesterday, but they're still live in the consolation bracket, uh, Hassan Mains at 132, Jordan Willie at 138. Uh, you know, tough road for those guys having to battle through the consolation bracket. Yeah, they have, they're going to have uh, quite a few matches to come through, but um, looking at both brackets, I mean, um, with Hassan, um, it is a really good chance, I feel, that he can come back in place. Um He's got kids. I know we've, we've wrestled a couple of the kids before. Like, just looking through the path, we've wrestled a couple of them before. We've been able to handle them. Um, he's, if he wrestles the way he's capable of, I know he's going to come back and um, bring a medal home this year. And Jordan, um, he's, again, like, we weren't quite in a good spot. Like, he wrestled one of the top kids right off the bat. And, um, we got caught right there, and this next round is a pretty tough kid from Brighton for him. Um, uh, sophomore, I think we can get back past him. I just got, again, he just stays aggressive and does what he knows what he needs to do. And we're pretty much taking, of course, we can't look too far ahead on any of them. We're just taking them match by match, and we'll just see what happens. Central Warriors wrestling coach Clint Trujillo with us. Uh, Clint, you, right now your team's eighth in the team standings, Pomona. Uh, has the team lead right now. Fruit of Monument's fifth and in your eighth right now. And I know the, the goal is a top 10 finish for your team. And at least after day one, uh, off to a, a good start to, to, to try to achieve that goal of a top 10 finish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we've been talking about this whole year in the room that we feel like we're a top 10 team. Um, hopefully we'll even move up, maybe even top five. But all these boys just need to make sure and come out and believe in their training, believe in what they've done this whole season and the off season. And I know good things are going to happen. So as long as they keep working hard, I mean, believing in themselves and everything they've done, I think we're, we're going to end up okay. All right, Clint. Hey, congratulations on a really good start. A lot of work still to be done by your wrestlers, but uh, a good start for the Warriors over at state. I appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for working us in. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Clint Trio, coach of the central Warriors wrestling team. With us in the program this morning, we go from the Warriors to the Wildcats of Fruita Monument at the State Wrestling Tournament. Talking Fruita Monument Wildcat Sports on the Jim Davis Show. All right, with us right now, Lucas Archuleta, and he's brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Lucas Archuleta on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Lucas, thanks for... Coming on here in the 9 o'clock hour for a few minutes. I appreciate it. I know it's a, a hectic day. You had weigh-ins a little while ago. Appreciate you hopping on for a few minutes. Oh, no problem. Your team, glad to, oh, gl- gl- glad to have you on. Your team off to a really good start, fifth right now after the first day. I was talking to Clint Trujillo just a moment ago uh, over at Central. And look, just like Central, your goal is to have a, a top 10 team finish and, and a good spot you're in after day one, uh, sitting in fifth place right now. Yeah, the boys are wrestling well. We're going after it, and, and you know, and just uh, letting it flow. Um, you know, it's it's hard really to predict anything this early. Every match from here on out is is a tough match. You know, everyone here is a quality wrestler, um, and if 
you're not ready to wrestle and you're not on your game, you know, for for a moment in a match, it can make a big difference out here. So we're just excited to get after it and get day two going and see what happens. And uh, you, Clint made the comment about, you know, his guys, that the lights are not too bright. I mean, the, the guys that have been to state before, you know, wrestling at Ball Arena, that, uh, you know, now they've had that experience in the past. It's uh, it's not quite as, as daunting for some of your guys that have that have state tournament experience. Yeah, you know, um, we have a lot of a lot of boys that have been here in the past. Um, you know, and part of the reason why we go to where we go during the season is, you know, some of the tournaments that we go to are, are as big, if not bigger, than what it is here. So uh, they're used to being underneath those lights. They're used to having thousands of people in stands. Um, and they just go out and focus on the guy in front of them and just get after it. Well, let's go through some of the matchups for your guys today. Uh, Gino Gallegos advances uh, at 106 pounds. What does it look like for, for Gino today in his matchup? You know, he's got a, a tough kid from North Glen. Um, we haven't seen him at all this year. Um, didn't get to watch him much around the mat at the same time we were. So, uh, you know, really for all our kids, it's getting back to what we do, um, wrestling um, within our wheelhouse and, and forcing them to come to us and do what we want them to do. So, um, you know, Gino's in a good spot, and he's just ready to get after it and, and see what happens. Got Will Stewart at 138. Uh, kind of take us through who he's facing today. Uh, he, he's a, a kid from Thunder Ridge who's a very good wrestler, tough and aggressive, um, a lot like Will. Um, and, again, Will, Will's got to come out after, wrestle his match, um, and just uh, put the pressure on and make the, the uh, Thunder Ridge kid come to him. First time he's faced this wrestler from Thunder Ridge this season? It is. We haven't seen Thunder Ridge at all um, anywhere that I remember seeing him. Um, never went up against him. Um, but, again, a good quality kid. I think he's the three seed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, he's a regional champ coming out, so he, he's a tough kid. And then your regional champion, Oren Meese at 144. What does today look like for Oren? You know, Oren... Uh, was wrestling good you know i think he had a little bit of the jitters yesterday um he's got the pomona kid who we did not get to wrestle in the finals last week um so we got to watch him wrestle a little bit um tough aggressive kid um again orin a, a lot like everyone else he just needs to wrestle the way orin wrestles um and keep the pressure on for six minutes you know and that's going to be a match that comes down to the very end I know for you, Dylan Chelowitzki at 157 has some uh, had some very high expectations heading to the state tournament. Off to a good start with a win yesterday. And what does it look like for Dylan today? Uh, Dylan's got a, a Pooter kid. Um, again, we haven't seen Pooter this year, but we've seen him in the past. And Pooter always has a tough, aggressive team. Um, again, Dylan needs to to be Dylan um, and get after it and put the pressure on from the very start, the very first whistle. Um, and just wrestle the way that he can. And um, if Dylan does that, you know, we're going to be in a good position going forward. And then you had two more wrestlers that uh, that won yesterday, uh, True Tobias in a 175, Tatum Williams at 215. And, uh, you know, we'll get to Tatum in a moment. But, uh, you know, with, with True, uh, what does that matchup look like for him today at 175? You know, uh, with True, we're, we're going up against a kid from Adam City. Um, again, another one that we haven't seen. This year, but we've seen Adam City in the past, and Adam is, I mean, from the top down, they're tough. Um, they're hard, hard-nosed and aggressive. They come after you. They keep the pressure on for six minutes. And for True, it's going to be um, being able to, to match that intensity, um, but then again, to wrestle the way that True wrestles. 
uh, when True wrestles the way that he can, um, there's not many people around that can stick with him. We've talked about Tatum Williams, young guy for you, but a guy that uh, is a really good wrestler and has already experienced success on the mats at 215. What does it look like for Tatum today? Tatum's going to have a rematch against uh, our regional champion, a kid from Pomona, uh, Rosales. Um, The kid's a big, strong um, bull out there when he's on the mat. You know, it was one of those where Tatum, I think it kind of caught him off guard the first time, Um, but Tatum needs to go out and, and move him make him move with him, um, get to his takedowns, get to his shots, and uh, wrestle within his wheelhouse and uh, just see what happens there. It's going to be a great match. You know, there, it's another top four matchup um, between them. Um, and just go out after it and, and let it all fly. And then you have LJ Georgia 120, Tyler Archuleta 138, Bryce Nixon 150, uh, all hoping to end up uh, placing and and uh, maybe uh, getting a third-place finish, uh, kind of take us through, uh, Lucas, uh, what, what uh, kind of faces those three guys today as the state wrestling tournament continues. You know, for all three of them, um, they just need to bounce back. Uh, they, they wrestled tough and aggressive yesterday, um, and pretty much all three of them ended up in um, giving up a, a couple bad positions that we didn't wrestle out of. We kind of relaxed and gave up some points. And You know, anytime you give up kind of, I don't want to, say free but kind of a free point to somebody at, at the state tournament um it, those are hard to come back from um you know you got to make everyone earn everything that they get and then you got to earn everything um if they wrestle tough and aggressive um they have a great shot to come back through um but we got to take those matches one match at a time can't overlook anybody you have to get after it you know focus on who's next um go out wrestle their match um, and just grind away for now it's five minutes down on the consolation side and give them the opportunity to move forward. Hey, Lucas, appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Good luck to you in the Wildcats today over at State. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right, Lucas Archuleta, coach of the Fruit of Monument Wildcats wrestling team. All right, uh, 918, we'll take a break. Coming up next, we'll go from the wrestling mats over Ball Arena to spring training out at uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Jerry Schimmel will join us next on the Rockies Radio Network. That's coming up on the Team Sports Network. Listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM 1340 AM Grand Junction. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So uh, your thoughts on who should be the uh, Broncos' next defensive coordinator? Should it be a Rex Ryan? Should it be Vance Joseph? No, 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 no it no. should not be Vance Joseph. Chris Richard, you got some thoughts on that today? Text or call us 970-242-1340. It's time to talk Rockies baseball with one of the voices of the Colorado Rockies, Jerry Schimmel. Jerry, good morning. Appreciate the time as always. How are you? Jim, good morning. How are you doing? Doing fine. You haven't made it to Scottsdale yet. You're still over in Denver, uh, but yeah. uh, you're heading over there out uh, next week to Scottsdale. Uh, you know, the comments that uh, Kyle Freeland made, uh, of course, pitchers and catchers reported on Wednesday, and Kyle has always been very forthcoming about you know how he feels about you know wanting to compete and wanting this team to win, and he knows he carries a big burden. And he said, you know, first and foremost, it can't be okay to lose. 
over the years. We have talked about it, and we have kind of become complacent with ourselves. I, I think he expresses probably the frustration for, for Rockies fans, for at times probably you and, and Jack calling games that, uh, boy, you feel like the talent's there at times for the Rockies. Yeah, I get it. The National League West is loaded. But the expectation, I think, is that this team can be better than what it is. There's no question about it, Jim. And I think if they don't, every player, uh, every coach in an organization ought to reflect and, and echo what, what Kyle Freeland is saying. And losing is unacceptable. You go into a season and you, and you expect to lose, you're going to lose. And you know, I love what Kyle's saying. He's always been that way. He's always been the guy that, hey, give me the ball and let me lead. And, and let, me, let me be the guy who helps turn this thing around. So I, I love what he said, and he, he's very sincere about it. I, 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 you know, we're not great friends, but hanging around you know, the last several years with Kyle, I can tell you he means that. He's very sincere about what he says. And you know, he's had a great career. He's had a solid career as a hometown guy. But he wants to win like everybody else, and now maybe that's that time. So, And I was uh, thinking about this this morning, Jim. Every year, you know this. We all know this. In baseball, there are teams that don't – expect to do anything and they they have a good season there's teams that you expect to be really good and they have off seasons let's hope that this year the expectations are so low for the rockies that they're one of those teams that surprises people and becomes a better team than they, they expect to be jerry schimmel from the rockies radio network with us today on the team sports network and, and it begins look with chris bryant being healthy and chris bryant being productive uh, chris says he's 100 percent ready and of course signed the seven-year 182 million dollar contract uh, with the Rockies, only played in 42 games last year because of the lower back injury. Then he had plantar fasciitis. Chris Bryant, they, they keep talking about him being you know, the, 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 the centerpiece of this team, being the aircraft carrier of this team. They've got to have a healthy Chris Bryant this year if they're going to have the kind of turnaround that I think you're hoping for, I hope for, Rockies fans in general are, are hoping for in 2023. Yeah, no question about it, Jim. And I, I think last year going into the season – the one guy that they couldn't afford to lose to an injury was probably Chris Bryant. They don't have a firepower offense like they've had in the past, and Chris is going to be the cornerstone of that offense with C.J. Cohn probably. And C.J. ended up having a good year, at least the first half of it, but they needed Bryant in there. And when he played, I think the team didn't have a winning record, but I think they were 20-22. and 22. So when, they, when he played, when he was in lineup, they were a pretty decent team. And so that's going to be the key for them again in 2023 is to have Chris Bryant healthy, there are other keys as well. We know that. Uh, the young guys have to develop at a quick pace. Guys like Tobar at short and you know, some other guys maybe taking a step up a little bit, like the second baseman. So, um, I, you know, Randall Gritch has already heard he's not going to begin the year probably in the outfield. But you've got to have guys healthy, and you've got to have young guys develop quickly, and you especially have to have Chris Bryant in the lineup almost every day. How excited are you to see Ezekiel Tovar on an extended yeah. time with the, with the Rockies, with the big league team? I think that might be my number one uh, source of excitement going in spring training, to be honest with you, Jim. I really am because we saw flashes of it last year. He, he took his lumps uh, in that short amount of time that he was a big leaguer last year, which every, almost everybody does. There are a few, very few, you know, Madison Bumgarners that emerge on the scene and start dominating right away in, in Major League Baseball. But this guy's got all the tools. He's got power. He's got... Uh, average. He's got the great arm. He's got the great. He's got speed. He's got great defensive ability. So that's probably the guy I'm most most forward most looking forward to watching develop this season, especially starting in spring training. Yeah, at 21 years and 53 days, he was the youngest yeah. position player to make his debut. 
in franchise history, the second youngest overall. I mean, he hits a home run off of future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. It was a you know a, a great start in regard to uh, Tovar and uh, his debut. You know, in San Diego, he's made his debut there. He played the nine games, including, of course, uh, the game at Dodger Stadium when he hit the home run off Clayton Kershaw. That no pressure, right? Just has to uh, step into the shadow of Troy Tulowitzki, Trevor Story. No problem for Ezekiel Tovar, right? Easy peasy. <laughs> you know, it seems like, Jim, and, and everybody said this one before he came up. The front office said this about him, that if there's somebody that can handle all that, it would be him. He doesn't seem to be too big for the moment or the moment too big for him. And he's, he's always been that steady, re- really focused guy. And I don't think the, the, the big leagues or stepping in in somebody's shoes is going to bother him at all. I think he's his own guy. And I think that comes with success, and he's had that in the minor leagues. He's had injuries, but he's had great success as well, put up great numbers. But he's always impressed people with his athleticism, his ability, but also his composure and his outlook and his attitude. So I really feel, and I don't know the guy. I've talked to him one time through an interpreter. Um, but everybody says, hey, if there's somebody that can handle that kind of thing, it would be Ezekiel Tovar. From the Rockies Radio Network, Jerry Schimmel joining us today on the Team Sports Network. So Tovar is the most you know, the, the most intriguing part for you of, of spring training, Jerry. What would be the, the second storyline that you're interested in following when you get down to talking stick? You know, I think it's probably what the bullpen is going to look like. And that's going to emerge right now. We know what the back end of it looks like. And, the, and the, you know, that's another piece the Rockies have. They have a great closure. I mean, there are pieces to this team. There's a, there's a solid starting rotation. There's a great closer. And there are some other pieces like Tobar that need to develop for this team to be surprising. But there are pieces there. The pieces of the bullpen haven't quite emerged as fitting yet. So I think that's going to be intriguing for me. Who's in the front end? Who are the left-handers? Who, who are going to be the, the seventh-inning guys and the eighth-inning guys and maybe the, the long reliever? And I don't think any of that's determined right now. So you've got injuries in the bullpen, but you've got also – talent in the bullpen so to see how all that comes together i think it's going to be really intriguing for me we're talking with jerry schemmel radio rockies radio network with us on the jim davis show jerry baseball's having these rule changes they got the bigger bases the defensive shift is gone the pitch clock change do you see anything as it specifically relates to the rockies that these rules could have an impact on the team and and more broadly what kind of impact do you think these changes will have on baseball yeah, I think, I think first with the Rockies, it's probably going to be like every other team. You're going to have to make some major adjustments. They got some, some starting pitchers, especially, who work pretty quickly. Um, Armand Marquez is probably not going to have a, a, much of a problem with the, with the pitch clock, but guys like Kyle Freeland, who like to slow down a little bit, are going to have to make adjustments. So I think it's going to be fascinating in spring training to see how the pitch clock affects the game and major league baseball is saying you know what we're coming out we're not giving anybody any grace we're going to enforce those rules from the first game of spring training which is a week from tomorrow and we'll see what happens after that so the adjustments that the rocks other teams have to make i think is really going to be intriguing i think with the the limited number of times you can throw to first base along with the bigger uh, bag at first base the bigger the bigger base i think there's going to be a lot more emphasis on stealing on speed which means the other team has to have a premium with its catching and its defensive catching and its and its uh, its arm as a catcher. So I think that's where the Rockies struggled some last year, throwing runners out. They're going to have to be better that way this year, 2023, 
to keep up with these rule changes. But I think that's what the focus is going to be on. There are going to be games in spring training and the regular season, especially beginning. They're going to be decided on these rule changes, on whether teams adapt to them and execute them or not. And people will be a little up in arms at that beginning of the season, but I think it's going to be good in the long run for baseball. So really intrigued by the new rules and how teams adjust. So, Jeremy, have you take your headset off for a moment and put your ball cap on, like when you were coaching at, at, at Metro back in the day. Say you're in the dugout and you're Bud Black. Which of these rules would you absolutely hate if you managed a Major League Baseball team? Oh, man. I, I think for me it would be, as a former player, Jim, I think it would be um, – Knowing you have to be ready, you can't as a hitter. And and I, I wasn't a pitcher; I was a position player, as an infielder. And I think for me, it was you know you can't step out, you 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 can't take your time, you can't adjust your batting gloves, you can't you got to get in there, and be ready to hit. So for me, that would be the toughest thing. I think as a pitcher, there's probably more adjustments than than the hitters. But for me personally, it would be well, I got to get my guy ready to hit, and if I'm hit, if I'm playing, I got to be ready to hit as well as a position player. So that's the one that I think is really interesting to me. And then the other one is I, I think um, pitch outs. You know, if you've thrown over the first twice, all right. If you throw over there the third time, don't get the guy out. It's a balk. He gets second base automatically. So with the count that's maybe two and zero, oh, do you pitch out? Or do you, you pitch to that dead hitter? So I think that's a big decision that a, a manager has to make as well. It's going to be really intriguing. There's different parts of the game. They're going to be managed differently now with Bud Black and the rest of his gang as managers. And I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how that all plays out. And, look, I'm sure you're happy. Many of us, you know, while the things have been rough for the Rockies, I think Bud Black has done a really nice job managing this team. Nice to see Bud get that extension. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, if there's somebody that probably deserves an extension with a team that hasn't won in a couple of years, it's probably Bud Black. You wonder where this team might be without him because he's always been that manager. You know this, Jim. In his time in, in San Diego, his teams are always overachieving. And I think they've probably done that, even though they haven't been very good with the Rockies the last couple of years. So I, I'm glad the Rockies recognize that. I know there were a lot of people from the outside organization, even other front office anonymous personnel who said, Bud Black should be fired. You need a new general manager. You need a new manager. I think the Rockies are smart to recognize they have a good manager and they're keeping that manager. All right, Jerry, always appreciate it. And, of course, you can catch Jerry tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, with Amazing Americans. Can Since you're on, can you give us a little preview of what, uh, what you have for the show tomorrow? Yeah, I can, Jim. Tomorrow's an interesting one. I've got a guy on there that's named, his first name is Brandon. He's in law enforcement, so I can't use his last name. He's a deputy sheriff in Colorado. But this guy, Jim, had an incredibly difficult childhood, abandoned by his parents when he was 14. So basically living on the streets, trying to get through high school, somehow he did that. He served in the Navy, became a law enforcement officer in Colorado, and then he turned to cycling, the sport of cycling, which I can identify with, to fight PTSD from his military days and nearly made the Olympic team as a track cyclist a couple of years ago. I mean, went from being no athlete at all, barely surviving on the streets, to being uh, close to an Olympic-caliber athlete, hurt his back, he's not cycling anymore, took up martial arts, and now has the foundation where he's teaching other law enforcement officers martial arts to try to help them save their lives on the street. So we call him Brandon. His first name is Brandon. Last name is G, the letter G. 
Um, and Brandon G is my guest tomorrow, and I'm telling you, it's a fascinating story. I think you'd really be intrigued by it. And they usually are, Jerry. I mean, pretty much every week it's another incredible story, another great interview that you have for Amazing Americans. Make sure you listen to it every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock with Jerry Schimmel right here on the Team Sports Network. Jerry, appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you with you more as we get into the season. Uh, appreciate the time as always, my friend. All right. Good good to have you guys. Good to be on with you guys. Have a great weekend, and go Rockies. All right. Take care. Jerry Schimmel joining us from the Rockies Radio Network, also doing Northern Colorado basketball as well these days. So he's busy a guy. Busy, busy man. Busy man. All right, 934. Did we ever get a winner, by the way, for Where in the World is Tyler Franz? Oh, yes, we did. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Our winner, congratulations to Wayland. Getting himself a case of fat tire today. The correct answer, Smith's Ballpark in Salt Lake City, Utah, home of the Salt Lake City Bees and the Utes of the University of Utah. All right, congratulations to him. And uh, also congratulations going out to our Pile Pigskin Pick'em winners, powered by Kistner Motors. Steve Siminer gets the $500 gift card to play it again sports. And our overall points winner, Jeremy Davis. $500 gift card to play it again sports. And the Big Green Egg 13-inch Mini Max Charcoal Kamado Grill and Smoker, courtesy of Fruita Co-op. And I want to thank uh, Mark Liff, who uh, Mark and uh, his guy, Loaded that up yesterday out of Fruita Co-op to bring it up here to get it to Jeremy and uh, also the folks at Played Again Sports. Thank you so much. And Kistner Motors as well for sponsoring Pile Pigskin Pick'em. And if you played, thank you for playing Pile Pigskin Pick'em. And right. uh, would you like to know our, or did you already go over the... Uh, that guy, of course, is already, he was gloating about it. And, he did. Yeah. No, okay. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, they had a lamentation of the women. So what was the, what was the final tally? Final tally, uh, Rio first place, 82-44-1. Jim, you finished second at 79-47-1, two games back. Petey in third place, 74-52-1, and, and I was in the caboose at 73-53-1. Now, as it looked... On the game, uh, national anthem over under a minute fifty. Jim, you were the only one to take the under, and that uh, that did not work in your favor. No, it right. did not. It sucked. Coin toss, heads or tails? Tails won, so you and uh, Rio both got that right. We all got the touchback right. First team to score did end up being Philly. Rio got that one right. Rihanna's halftime show. I was genuinely surprised. Was um under 14 and a half minutes pd got that one right the rest of us did not point total over under 57 and a half i kind of had a feeling it was going to be a shootout i'm glad i went with my guts because i call. was the only one that got that right <laughs> of course patrick mahomes mvp we all got the uh qb or non-qb mvp right and rio seeing as he was the only one to pick the chiefs to win the uh the whole game he of course gets that one so that means Rio's the uh, the uh, the winner. Congratulations! He went six and two. Petey and I went four and four, and Jim went three and five. So there you go. Thrilled for him. So thrilled. We're off on Monday, by the way, so I can 
regroup stew. And, and yeah, stew in my own anger at losing to him. That's also President's Day too. It is so. It's President's Day is kind of interesting in that it was you know Washington. It was to honor Washington. Mm-hmm. Then it was to honor Washington and Lincoln. Then it just turned into President's Day, where it's to honor all presidents. Do you, do you think former presidents like Bill Clinton go, Happy President's Day to me? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. I, I choose Clinton because he's the only one I, he's the one I do the best and about the only one I can even do a reasonable job of imitating. That's it. That's that's the only reason why. That's your, that's your only presidential. That's my, that's my. <laughs> you're, you're not pulling any. I tried to uh, do Bush. Jane I'm not Carvey. really good at Bush. Uh, thousand points of light. My fellow American. The strategery that goes into making the Jim Davis show. Well, you got the two. You got, you know, of course, you got Dad and you got W. Read my lips. Not gonna die. Not gonna die. Not gonna die. That's that's as close as I can to doing H. So Uh, God bless Dana. There we go. Nine thirty-nine, and it's time to take a trip back in time. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. Back in time. All right, 1924, Johnny Weissmuller sets a world record in the 100-yard freestyle swim. And he would go on to play Tarzan in the movies. 1941, St. Louis, or St. Louis, Joe Louis, Joe St. Louis. Joe Louis. St. Joe Louis. St. Joe Louis. Joe Louis knocks out Gus. Dorizo in the second round to defend to defend his world heavyweight title. And he didn't do it in St. Louis. He did it in Philadelphia. Uh, 1974, Richard Petty wins his second straight Daytona 500. Also on this day, 1998, the U.S. women's hockey team wins the sport's first Olympic gold medal. Also on this day, 2013, Danica Patrick becomes the first woman to win the Daytona 500 pole. And that's this day in sports history. All right, uh, 940. We'll take a break. We'll come back, preview the uh, Maverick basketball team's games with New Mexico Islands and CSU Pueblo. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. And along with your text, are you going to watch the XFL this weekend? Give us your thoughts. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 943. Jim along with Cake on this Friday morning. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. They're going to set the tone to the music, right? Oh, yeah. Is this Jason Isbell? It is. I heard you talking about him on uh, Monday's show, uh, and I was like, oh, i got to find something for Big fan of Jason Isbell. He's going to be a country jam, isn't he? I, I don't know I for sure. I thought I heard that, that he was going to be there. Don't know that for sure. I, I just... He will be at Red Rocks on May 3rd. So Incredible, incredible singer-songwriter. Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. I just love his stuff. Yeah, I thought I heard he was going to be a country jam, but I could be wrong about that. I'm actually... I will ask at, our uh, cohort, Mr. Uh, Ty Morgan over on Moose. I was looking when here. I, when I go to run his remote here yeah. in a few minutes. I think I'm, I'm, I might be wrong about that. What, what a shock. I might be wrong about something. Uh, let's see. Going from Robert. The Rockies would be more successful if they... Okay. Here we Robert. go. Robert. Here we go. Robert, stop it with the, the... 
It's has nothing to do with they got facial hair. Stop it, Robert. No, no, no. Do not did, listen to that man. Did, did the Yankees win the World Series last year? Last time I no. checked, no, they didn't. This one from Paul. Lost a really good broadcaster in baseball, lifer, and Tim McCarver. Was well-liked in class act. act uh, all right, rest in peace, Tim. I was going to save that. That's really, it's garbage. But I was gonna, I'll talk about that in a moment about Tim McCarver because a guy that um, was a you know, part of the World Series champion Cardinals in the 60s went on to have an incredible broadcast career. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the more well-read kind of renaissance guys as far as a broadcaster goes. And just his stories about growing up, you know, in a, going to a segregated high school and interacting with black players like Bob Gibson at spring training and how how he learned so much about race relations and and, and talks about that in, his, in the book that he wrote. But, uh, you know, sadly, Tim McCarver passing away at the age of, of 81. We'll talk more about him in just a moment. Let's see. Um, I think we're pretty much caught up on most of the other text. So, yeah, the Colorado Mesa basketball team's in action. We'll start with the Maverick men. They've won five in a row after, of course, they had that 10-game winning streak previously in the season. 20 and 4 in the season after a last wins their last weekend sweep at Colorado School of Mines and Metro State for Mike DeGeorge his fourth straight 20 win season and this year the fastest to 20 wins for the Mavericks under DeGeorge uh the head coach says the squad is not afraid of a good team in their own gym this group has been through a lot they're, they're not going to go on the road and be intimidated by environment the better the environment the bigger the opponent the more they're up for it and ready and we saw that this weekend well, when they beat another top fifteen team on, when the, they, road. Uh, on the road at College School of Mines, they've they've done that, you know, two other times this season. So now it's New Mexico Highlands, where they beat at Las Vegas earlier in the season for tonight's matchup, and then tomorrow uh, they'll take on CSU Pueblo. So uh, the Mavericks will will score off against uh, the Thunderwolves coming up tomorrow. And uh, Mike DeGeorge says that the Thunderwolves bring a talented but very inconsistent team to town. They probably have top five talent in the league. They just haven't shot it very consistently this year, so they're very dangerous. Last year when we played them, they came in, they just shot the lights out, and we were down, and just so physical and athletic, and when they shoot it like that, it's a it's a real challenge, and we really had to battle. And so for the Maverick men, trying to chase down the RMAC regular season title and also get the chance to host the RMAC tournament, Black Hill State has Fort Lewis tonight. They played on Monday. Fort Lewis came up with the win there. A rare time when you're cheering for the Fort Lewis Skyhawks when they play Very tonight. Rare. Very rare that that happens. But uh, we'll have the Maverick men tonight, tomorrow night, with the tip-off right around 7.30 on the team CMU Sports Network. And then for the Maverick women, they've won uh, four of their last five road games. And, of course, now a three-game winning streak after sweeping last weekend at Colorado School of Mines and Metro State. And the Mavs' first road win of the season came against... The team they face tonight in New Mexico Highlands on New Year's Eve. Mavs head coach Taylor Wagner says they were fortunate to win that game because Highlands can be a very disruptive team. You know, that's a tough place to play. And, you know, some of, a lot of those girls haven't played there. Uh, they've got some really good players. They've given everybody fits the whole year. We were lucky to come out with the win down the first time we played them. So the Mavericks right now, if the uh, tournament started today, they would be in. They're the eighth team right now in the eight-team RMAC uh, field. And Wagner says they've cleaned up their game a lot, which has given them a chance to make the postseason. They just continue to you know, figure things out. 
we're not making as many mistakes as we did earlier on in the year, and that's just timing. They need that time on the court. We've got a different spirit about our team right now. The girls are believing, and hopefully we can continue on. All right, so the Mavericks tonight, tomorrow night at Brownson Arena. Highlands tonight, CSU Pueblo tomorrow night. Pre-game for the women at 5.15 both nights. They'll tip it at 5.30 minutes, 7.30 both nights. Right here on the Team CMU Sports Network, and it's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. And just a reminder that over on the Monkey tonight, for Delta Panther basketball fans, uh, the Panthers at Basalt tonight with uh, pregame at 5.15. Girls tip it at 5.30. The boys at roughly 7 o'clock tonight over on the Monkey, which if you're listening in Delta, flip it over to 97.1 FM to catch Delta at Basalt tonight to wrap up the regular season. All right, time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. Now, I want to start out with uh, what we mentioned with Paul's uh, text about uh, Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver, longtime broadcaster, uh, sadly passing away at the age of 81. And Tim McCarver, tremendous um, broadcaster, also had a very good Major League Baseball career. You know, went to the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. And uh, for Tim McCarver, that uh, career spanned more than 30 years from his start in Philadelphia in 1980 to, uh, of course, working with Ralph Kiner in the Mets booth to uh, national appearances on four different TV networks, worked for the Yankees and the San Francisco Giants as well. But, of course, the pairing with Joe Buck was ultimately the the longtime pairing uh, calling uh, games on Fox. But uh, I know Joe Buck the other day said that uh, Tim McCarver was such a, a huge help in his career particularly early on when 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 Joe Buck would be criticized and McCarver got criticism too Tim really helped him deal with with the heat of being you know the son of Jack Buck of the pressure of being Fox's lead voice and that Tim McCarver was right. was you know such a a huge sounding board for Joe Buck and such a um you know tremendous supporter of him and and for in the case of Tim McCarver that in his autobiography talked about, you know, growing up in the South, going to a segregated high school, and would and when he went to spring training with St. Louis Cardinals, hit a home run for the Cardinals when they won the World Series mm-hmm. back in the mid '60s. That um, that Tim McCarver would occasionally use language that was was racist, was not appreciated by his black teammates, mm. most notably. One Bob Gibson, who McCarver said was one of his dearest friends, that, that Bob Gibson would call him out. And he learned a lot about, about race relations. You know, like I said, McCarver grew up in, in the segregated South. And uh, it, it's a good piece of that book where he talks about just his learning how to be around people different than him and how that changed his world vision and just a you know just a tremendous tremendous book about uh, and the biography of Tim McCarver if you get a chance to to check it out but uh, but yes lost uh, you know guy that you know got mocked on Family Guy sometimes he would overexplain things wherever I still feel like Tim McCarver was a a tremendous broadcaster he did I believe like twenty four World Series sadly we lose a, a really good one a, a Hall of Fame broadcaster yes. in Tim McCarver what do you have so Joe Buck was on the uh, Michael K show and 
He said watching the Super Bowl without him calling it, he said it was a little awkward. I bet it was. And, you know, can't really blame him. Uh, he said they did a great job. They The crew on Fox, Greg Olson, Kevin uh, Burkhart, Burkhart was really good. Said they were in great hands. Uh, those guys are friends of mine. Said, uh, I watched it. Was it weird? A little bit. Because I think it's only human nature to go, nobody can survive if the great Joe Buck isn't there. But everything moves on, and they've moved on. And I've moved on. And Troy's moved on. So, yeah. It's it's kind of the, uh, it's like, if, if you've ever, like, accidentally come across your ex's profile on social media, and you go, oh, wonder what they're up to, and... They're like, oh, they're doing fine. They don't miss. Me. They don't cool. miss me. Cool. Life, Great. Life goes on. Wonderful. One final thing today, not tied into not not a non-sports subject though. It did appear in the Super Bowl last week. Mm. The Flash trailer. Yeah. What'd, How, you, uh... what'd you think? Now for for people of my age and little, you know, a little bit and younger in their forties. That scene Michael Keaton back as Batman was absolutely thrilling. And it seems like the Flash, the, the movie's the Flash, but he's like the least interesting character in his own movie. Right. Because you got both Batman, Batfleck, and Michael Keaton going to have Supergirl for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everybody's more interesting than the guy that the movie's about. Well, and I part of it is just the fact that Ezra Miller, the actor who plays the Flash, is a wanted villain. <laughs> been a lot of trouble. It's been a lot like, of trouble. The guy supposedly Ezra Miller is back on the right track. Apparently, okay. But I, I just, I just, dude, I just loved seeing Keaton. Yeah, Keaton was cool. That's I'm Batman. Just a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a like a wink and a little bit of a, yeah. You just know I'm Batman. Yeah, Keaton was cool. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if I get a chance. Ant Man, Quantum Mania this weekend. Ant Man looks really good too. Looks like it's really really good. All right, that's our show for today. Coming up, it's Jim Rome, Mesa basketball tonight against New Mexico Islands. Pre-game at five fifteen. Women tip it at five thirty. Minutes seven thirty. Make sure you tune in tonight for that one. Avalanche tomorrow on the team against St. Louis. Starts at eleven thirty for Cake. I'm Jim. Enjoy your weekend off on Monday. We'll be back with you on Tuesday on the Team Sports Network.